Welcome to the Modern Goat Rider podcast. I want to take this opportunity to emphasise the opinions expressed by our hosts and guests are strictly their own and don't represent the positions of any lodge, grand lodge, or other branches of the independent order of Oddfellows. Our stimulating conversations will be open to the public for purposes of inspiring our global membership and promoting the order. So with that, sit back, open your ears and your heart in your hand, I want to introduce you to our hosts. Goat Rider Podcast. I'm Billy Sanderson. And I'm Josh Miller. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing uh, really, really well, actually. Uh, had an amazing um, Columbia Lodge number two meeting last night. Uh, it was on Zoom. We had 30, over 30 people there. And we got some amazing work done. It felt so good to sort of feel like we were, you know, we were doing some work even in those crappy Zoom meetings. And uh, as Scott Aitchison likes to say, uh, we've got to mention him once a, once an episode, but even Scott Aitchison uh, liked that Zoom meeting last night. Oh, that's great. And I heard that it was open. We had the can- some candidates for 2020 there. That's right. We had uh, five, five or six um, possible initiates, or some have actually gone through the uh, interview process and have been voted on, I think. We not voted. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it was great to connect with them. And I thought um, I thought the experience that they were given last night was uh, uh, left a, a meaningful impression on them because it was it was a really good meeting. So yeah, that's great. We sold, it, we sold it well. No good. <laughs> Car dealers were all out in force. Eh? The uh, the IOF sales show right. uh, right. crew. You got it. So there's a couple of things we want to do before we get to the uh, show today. So uh, there's a bit of housekeeping, and so I'll tackle them. Uh, we have not mentioned the phenomenal promotional video that uh, Jack Adamson of Cracker Jack Productions uh, produ- uh, put together for us. It is on our website. As soon as you go to moderngoatrider.com, there uh, is our video of Josh and I. And it's going to be eventually showing up on Instagram and so forth. But uh, we want to say thank you to Jack for taking the time and pulling it together really fast. I love that video. That video is so fun to do. And he just did it so well. And it really, that was just fun. If you haven't seen it yet, you got to go watch it. It's great. Yeah. And Jack has done great work for us and for many of his clients in uh, Victoria, uh, so yeah, you can check out Jack, uh, Cracker Jack Flash uh, online. Uh, the other thank you is to Andy Bernhardt uh, for his uh, help with our web design and our web hosting. Modern Goat Rider is not a, a for-profit or even for any revenue project here. So, so we want to say a big thank you to Andy for helping us out and um, providing guidance for me and training on how to update uh, web pages and so forth. Yeah, he's done. He also has done so much work for um, uh, the order in uh, web development, and uh, he's responsible for the ton of love uh, web page as well, which is uh, is state of the art uh, when it comes to um, food drive websites. Yeah, we're 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 very blessed to have a lot of creative people in our lodge and who are more than willing to put out. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, free work, which is just incredible. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. So we might as well get to our uh, show today. So today we are doing a uh, uh, who are the brothers in our neighborhood type of uh, show. I'm hoping that this becomes a series for us and that we continue to check in with other fraternal organizations in the city of Victoria. Uh, but this is uh, show one on the series. And for show one, we chose the Fraternal Order of Eagles, who are based in Esquimalt, which is a, a little side city to the greater uh, city of Victoria. Joining us today are uh, Ray Hawksworth and Len Walsh. Uh, I had ended up getting a contact with Len, and Len was so gracious to line up Ray and uh, we had a great chat. Unfortunately, Josh, you weren't there to uh, partake in all the questions and answers. No, you don't need me anymore, Billy. You, no, I do. You're all by yourself. You're I need, amazing. I need color. Yeah, okay, you're right. You do. But uh, yeah, it would have been nice. But I listened to um, this interview. And let me tell you, okay, so first off, I'm a big Eagles fan. And when I say the Eagles, I mean the Eagles, the band. So when uh, you said we were doing an Eagles show and some guy named Walsh was going to be there, I got really excited. Little did I know that the Eagles, uh, the fraternal order of the Eagles, um, was, you know, it was founded by entertainers and um, they all have bars. I mean, these guys know how to party. This is a fraternal order I can get behind. Like, this is some good stuff. So, uh, wow, it was really cool to learn all about um, uh, the Eagles, <laughs> those Eagles, these Eagles. The these Eagles, order. that's right. Um, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm lost for words because I found it like preparing for the interview I had done a bit of research on the website and you get funneled off to uh, a, a dot com or an org or something like that that is head office type thing there's a lot of similarities with odd fellows but um, there are differences and I think I think it's a really fun interview because the guys are great these are really special gentlemen and um, and we talked a lot uh, we we're supposed to only talk for about 30 minutes. And uh, at the end, you hear me telling Ray that he's got to go to his next appointment that he, uh, he warned us about, but we went well past the hour that, uh, um, that he thought he had time for. I mean, we think that we don't get a lot of um, press as odd fellows, but wow, the Eagles really don't get. So um, I think it was nice for them to get uh, an opportunity to tell their story. And I feel like, you know, in Victoria, we seem to just do it a little bit better because these eagles kind of, you know, they were make, they're making a, an impact on their community. And um, uh, Ray is a guy that I've known uh, half my life where I kind of knew him a long time when I was uh, in my early 20s working at a restaurant called Pagliacci's. He was the uh, sort of the general manager on the weekends. And uh, little did I know he was an eagle at that time. Um, and, um, of course the 21 year old me would never think of uh, joining a fraternal order, but, uh, here we are uh, a couple decades later and yeah, it's kind of cool to hear his voice and cool to hear his story. So that was awesome. Right. So let's not waste any more time. We'll get to the interview with, uh, Ray and Len. And, uh, again, Len forgets to give his full name, but it's Len Walsh and, uh, yeah. Enjoy the interview. Take it easy. Okay, so here we are with uh, two special guests from the Fraternal Order of Eagles, uh, Len and Ray, and I'm going to ask each of them to give a, a bio, a fraternal sort of association 
that they have. And, uh, and then we'll get into the history of the Eagles uh, globally and in Victoria, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to have some fun chatting about um, similarities, differences, et cetera, with Oddfellows. So why don't we start with Ray? Why don't you give us your history and your bio? Well, thanks, Billy. And uh, it's a pleasure to join you today and talk about the Eagles. I always love to talk about the Eagles uh, wherever I go. Um, my name is Ray Hawksworth. I'm a longtime, some say 37 year member of the Eagles in Victoria. And um, I've, uh, since I've been a member that long, I've been in virtually every official position. I guess the highest position I've reached is I was the BC Provincial President of the Eagles in 2018-19. Uh, that was quite a wonderful thing. But before that, I just rose to the ranks, starting off as a member at large and moving up through the official chairs of Eagledom. We have 12 official chairs that you move through. And um, till I, I reached the level of Airy President in Victoria, and that's the, our 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 Eagles. Each Eagles uh, branch is called an Airy, and uh, I was Victoria President for uh, the year 1989-90, and then moved through various chairs. And I've been the treasurer now for many years, and I also uh, uh, chair our bar committee because we have a licensed lounge. And in addition to that, when I have some spare time, I uh, manage the social media aspects of our, our organization. We have a website, we have a Facebook page, a uh, bunch of signs outside the building. So I sort of manage all that. And, and, uh, and sometimes I do other things when people ask me to. But so yeah, Eagles is, is very much part of my life and uh, I enjoy it very much. Well, that's fascinating. So um... Uh, welcome and uh, honored to have a uh, a long-standing member. So, Len, your shot. Hey, good morning, Billy Ray. I joined the Eagles in 1999. Compared to Ray, a relatively new member, but I joined because a couple of friends of mine were in there, and they encouraged me to join up. And after I did join, I got to see how much good this organization was doing for the community and the province in their, in their charity work and, and, and this sort of thing. So I did not rise through the ranks as Ray did. I ended up, uh, I was chaplain for a little bit and then I was trustee for six or seven years. And then I had a, another organization which I uh, got involved with and I had to sort of slack off on my Eagles duties. But I got, I'm back in there again now and I'm the uh, communications person for the Eagles. And I, re I really enjoy it. I also help out with the maintenance aspect of the building and the property and enjoy that thoroughly. And that's about, uh, that's about it. Oh, that's cool. I really, I really enjoy going there. Don't let uh, Len undersell himself. He's the kind of member that every organization needs, the guy that gets in there and does stuff. And uh, he's been very valuable to us. A back office type person. Uh, yeah, just a, uh, I call them the worker bees, the people yeah. that get down and, and did it. We did a renovation re recently, quite a, a, a big 
we placed all the flooring in the place and we did the washrooms and Lynn was right in there. And I, I don't know if we could have put all the pieces back together again if Lynn wasn't there. So he was great to have. So we'll get into the Victoria side a little bit more, but uh, for most of our listeners, they're going to be odd fellows uh, or odd fellow curious. And uh, maybe Ray or Len, do you have a sort of a history that we can uh, share to give a, an understanding of how the Fraternal Order of Eagles has uh, come to us? Right. Well, um, both Len and I know this very well. It's, it's an interesting history. Um, uh, ironically, it's all about showbiz. Uh, the Eagles, the Fraternal Order of Eagles was formed in 1898 uh, by six theater owners in Seattle, Washington. Um, interestingly enough, they were 1898, of course, uh, gold rush time and all that. Uh, they were actually getting together to solve uh, a strike they had on their hands with their musicians. So the six theater owners got together uh, um, and uh, tried to solve the strike. And I guess once they were able to settle those problems, they realized that here they were in the Wild West making all kinds of money, but not really doing any good for the community. So they put their heads together and thought, let's, let's form a society or a fraternal order where we can improve the lot of those of our fellow citizens. So they, they immediately formed an organization. They called it the Order of Good Things, funny enough. And um, of course, it, it, it grew like wildfire, um, uh, quickly spread throughout the U.S. and Canada. I think it spread so quickly because uh, they, they were theater owners and they were involved with theatrical groups. And I guess every troop that came to town might get indoctrinated into the Eagles and go off to another city and form another club. So it quickly spread. Um, it re they renamed themselves the Fraternal Order of Eagles after a couple of years, developed a charter, created a constitution, and over the years have um, expanded throughout North America. I think at one time we had 1,400 uh, lodges or, or Aries as we call them. An Aries is another name for an eagle's nest. So it's a good good term to use when, uh, when uh, describing each each club. Yeah, so it grew quite quickly by, I think within five years, they had several hundred Aries formed and it just kept growing. And, uh, and here we are today with um, about 800,000 members uh, and uh, I guess about uh, 800 lodges still in existence. So, um, so it's a fascinating history. And, but today we, we are now coexisting with several other benevolent orders and societies and, and hopefully it's all doing good work. So that's the Eagles history in a nutshell. So a few things I've researched on the website and I've come across some photos of things that are um, memorabilia and so forth. So the Eagles did have uh, regalia and uh, sort of a history behind it. Does, does the order have a ritual and um, and degrees and so all of that it sounds like you have certainly have positions within a an area but do you have degrees Len you want to tackle this yeah well we don't have degrees in the sense that like they have degrees in the in the odd fellows and and the Masonic organization we have initiations but every at all the stations where, where the officers sit we all has a, a specific job to do and during these initiations 
the candidates are taken through the stations and each person at the station gives them what they need from that station. But and then once the once they are initiated, then that is it. There is no no like first, second, third degree as such. And I think we can add to that to say that we use ritual in all of our meetings. There's a ritualistic opening that involves um, the four main uh, positions, uh, president, vice president, junior past president, and chaplain. And, um, and then the meeting is conducted in a general organized structured meeting way. And then we have a closing ritual. And if we have new initiates at that meeting, there's a specific point in the meeting where that initiation ceremony takes place. So there certainly is ritual. We're proud of our ritual. Um, it's a struggle at sometimes to keep it going, but uh, some areas are very good at it uh, on the island here. And, and some, uh, you know, take a shot at it each time, but we do indeed involve ritual. And I think that's what separates us from some other societies. Um, I think ritual is very important. Right. Um, so there's a, I'll give you a bit of a, uh, maybe it's a urban myth, but the, the original six, uh, I was asked, uh, find out if they were odd fellows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that an urban myth in, uh, in the odd fellows side, or is that, uh, something that the uh, the eagles actually are aware of or were these original six um, just not members anywhere well i know the odd flows is a much older organization than the eagles and so that could very well be in 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 taking a little sneak at certain rituals in in other organizations the masonic which len is very aware of um, there's little bits and pieces that are similar to eagles rituals and so I wonder if somebody, you know, just, you know, copied portions out of a book and, and you know, imitated them. Um, there are a lot of similarities in, in, in these lodges and areas and organizations. So I wouldn't be surprised if to this day um, in our area, we have um, Masonic members, we have Legion members, uh, we have, you know, other organizations. So the type of person that becomes an Eagle tends to be involved in these kinds of organizations. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's more similarities than we even think. So let's talk a bit about um, BC and about uh, local, even a deeper local onto the island. So who would be able to give us the structure of, a, um, of the jurisdiction or if that's the wrong term, just how Eagles are organized in BC? Well, I'll, I'll take a stab at that since I was uh, provincial president, so I better know about this. Um, there are 22 Aries currently in British Columbia. Um, we were we were up as high as 29 uh, when I joined, but you know we've had some losses over the years. But the structure, um, it's a it's a first of all, we're the second tier. The top structure is the the, the head of the order, which is the Grand Aries, and the Grand Aries. Um, um, runs all the areas in North America, while well, all the areas in Eagleton, and uh, and below that is the provincial or state area. And the BC provincial area um, was first organized um, uh, in the 1940s, and uh, we were originally an offshoot of the Washington State area. 
because we weren't didn't have enough areas to form our own provincial one, but eventually we did. And uh, so our structure is uh, we have a provincial area. It represents all of the 22 areas in British Columbia. Each area has a representative that goes to the provincial convention, which is held annually. And uh, it moves around to various uh, areas in the province. Um, and that's a gathering of about between the area and the auxiliary, that's a gathering of about 500 people, 400 people, depends on the year. And, uh, and so that at that convention, uh, rules are made, reports are, are given to how every area is doing. If an area, a local area needs any assistance with anything, the provincial area will come in and, and help them and give them some uh, supervision if necessary. Although largely local areas are autonomous and make their own decisions, have their own slate of officers and do their own thing. But provincials there to give it a guiding hand. And, and of course they can share experiences that successful stories that, that have happened in other clubs. Of the 22 areas in British Columbia, seven are on Vancouver Island. So we're quite well representative. The Eagles, uh, if I had to give a snapshot of, of an average area, I would say it's probably a, in a small town uh, Duncan, Campbell River, um, and, and those, and maybe Hope, and they do quite well in smaller, smaller cities, more of a sense of community in these small areas. So our best areas are in small towns. Uh, we struggle in areas like Vancouver um, and even Victoria, where, you know, it's a big city. Uh, we don't do as well as we could. So, but yeah, we're throughout the province and, um, and each area you go into, you're, and of course, every Eagle member is welcome to any other area in North America, and you're treated as family. Um, and, but you'll find when you go into each area, it's, they're completely different. And, but that's the structure, grand area, down to provincial area, and then down to local area, and uh, with representations back and forth. Would you add anything, Lynn? Uh, no. Uh, well, the, the Victoria area, which is number 12, the the first area was Seattle as number one, and as as Ray said, we we are number twelve. And after we it became a we got our own provincial charter. The the area in Victoria was formed uh, the 9th of May, eighteen ninety nine. It started off in on Government Street, and then moved to View Street in Victoria. And in 1987, our area moved to 891 Squamart Road. And that is where it is at, at the present time. Well, that's good to add in. Thank you for that. So you mentioned uh, that they're different, that every area is different. And that sounds very familiar to our uh, organization and Odd Fellows. We we refer to it sort of as a, a lodge culture and that the lodges function differently. Um, in Oddfellows, there's kind of three types of lodges. And um, the one is that very social, you know, the pool table and the, the card room kind of lodge. Uh, then there's a lodge that might be um, more service orientated, community service, fundraising, and, and putting um, boots into the community and finding um, where the need is and filling those needs. 
And then there's uh, Oddfellows Lodges that are more on self uh, member improvement, I guess, and uh, might be more ritual or might be more making an improvement to personal self and, uh, and growth. So what types of cultures do you see within the uh, Aries across BC? Are you seeing similar types or maybe this will give us some insight into how Eagles works, give us a, an understanding of how things might be different between lodged, uh, Aries. Well, uh, I'll, I'll take a stab and then, and Lynn, Lynn can uh, clean up after me. Um, you certainly hit on all the aspects. Um, I guess why a person would join an organization like the Oddfellows or the Eagles, um, either social aspects to meet and greet their friends and you know play pool or whatever, uh, service and fundraising, which is near and dear to my heart, and also uh, you know they want to expand their own personal net worth and improve themselves. So I think that hits on all the, the three. And, and like the odd fellows, I think uh, the Eagles, um, all the various Aries do better at one or the other. Um, there are a couple of Aries, and I won't name particular ones, but um, where you walk in there and it's just a bar. Um, it's a, sure, they raise money for charity, which is an aspect of every Aries. We all do that. But generally, you know, they, their business is to run a bar, um, have lots of fun socially, and then, you know, give a few bucks. Maybe they're not doing so good on ritual. Maybe they're not doing so good on member development, but they're having a good time. And then there are a couple of areas that are strictly about ritual. Uh, there was one on the island here. Unfortunately, it's, it folded a few years ago, but they're one of the strongest about ritual and, and uh, helping each other. They didn't have a bar at all. Um, and of course, that's created problems because how do you pay the bills? So it's over the map. And they're the best areas, I think, um, are the ones that, that do all three or perform all three aspects, uh, be a social place, um, do fundraising and service work, and as well help their members develop their own skills. So um, it's all over the map. And uh, I don't know, I think the most successful one would be the, the, one, the areas that do all three of those, but some do some better than others. Len, there anything I'm missing here? No, I, that's what I find too, that the Eagles organization as compared to a, a, Masonic, a Masonic organization is it, it gives to charity and it helps the community, but his main thing is, is ritual. And there is meetings and camaraderie afterwards, but it's like once a month, where, whereas uh, with the Eagles, it's open three or four times a week. Everybody can go in and participate, meet their friends, meet new friends. And it's, it's not so much, the ritual is, is an important part for our meetings, but the rest of it I find is it's a, it's a social activity. And when there is a, a specific charity drive on, everybody participates so those number of times per week that you're open those are socials they're they not are. they're not business meetings no we no. If, if you go on our, our website uh, uh shameless plug here uh eaglesclub12.com and it's an open website anyone can look in 
um, we have a schedule and our, our meeting nights are Tuesday night. So on any given Tuesday, uh, there'll either be an area meeting or there'll be an elite auxiliary meeting. They meet separately. Uh, so we're, we're on the second and fourth Tuesday. The ladies are on the first and third Tuesday. Whenever there's a fifth Tuesday, uh, we have a joint informal meeting of both the area auxiliary together to plan events. And that's usually three or four times a year. So meeting nights are strictly those nights. And all the other days we're opening, open, members can come in and socialize, have a beverage, maybe plan events. But people are working on events at that time um and organizing things but no there's no structured meetings during those regular lounge hours okay uh so might, might as well talk covid now and then we'll come up with some other things so i did uh begin to follow your facebook page and so i was getting notifications through the last uh wow it's been eight months really um the last eight months of when your uh, socials were interrupted and when uh things were were going forward so how has airy number 12 adapted and uh managed through uh 2020 well a couple a couple of things i'll mention right at the top uh, we were hit uh probably i don't know why we were all surprised but we were indeed surprised i remember the day march 17th um, and I remember that because we were organizing uh, uh, the all. I mentioned earlier how the island has seven areas, but I didn't mention about the structure of the province is uh, besides the provincial and the local, there's also the provinces and divided up into four zones, or all areas in that zone are grouped together and they meet once a year. So uh, the island areas were all going to meet on March. Uh, 15th and 16th in Victoria here, we were hosting what we call the Island Zone Conference, about 100 people come uh, representing all, all, all the other clubs on the island. And we help plan um, our next island activities and we share stories about how we're doing our various fundraising. It's a real good get together. There is ritual competition at that zone um, where the island, island teams will compete um, and, and good conversation. We have a dinner and so we were having that that weekend. Well, I'm on the organizing committee and on the Wednesday before, the Wednesday before March 17th, when everything was shut down, we started to get wind that some of our members were a little nervous about traveling. And so we needed the call Thursday morning to cancel the zone conference. And that was a huge call to make because of, you know, you're organizing, you've already ordered food and all this stuff. And, uh, but boy, and I was worried when we made that decision, are we gonna look silly? because we're canceling this event. After that point, a lot of events were still going on, and but it was getting close to it. I thought we, we have to cancel. We just don't know. A lot of our members are seniors and very uh, vulnerable to uh, the pandemic. So we did cancel. Well, on Monday morning when Dr. Henry came out and you know laid the law down, we looked like heroes because we had made the decision. So we closed on March 17th and we remained closed no activities at all uh, at our area until early June. And uh, the executive met, met uh, several times, socially distanced. It's funny, 12 is in a, in a big room, all you know, 10 feet apart from each other, just to manage the bills and to make some tentative plans about what we're gonna do. And once things, uh, I guess once the pandemic mellowed out a little bit in June, 
we decided to open the lounge again, uh, very tentatively, uh, three times a week. We laid down some very serious protocols. I put together uh, um, a safety plan, filed it, posted it everywhere I could. Uh, you know, we did all the cleaning we had to do. We took a lot of our furniture out, replaced it with with uh, plastic furniture that could be wiped down. Um, made a lot of changes just so we could reopen again, much smaller, half our size in terms of capacity, but we operated. And so we were starting to bring money in to pay the bills. And then in October, we started some of our fundraising draws again, expanded our schedule a little bit more, still not to full operation and still only at half capacity. So it's been a, a bit of a journey, but we are operating. Um, this latest chill in the air with the tightening the rules again meant we canceled a few more activities. Uh, our dart night was canceled. Um, several other events were canceled. So we're we're in a you know we're again uh, a little more careful. Uh, we don't admit guests at all. Um, a member is allowed to come in with their spouse, and that's it. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're social distancing. We're managing the safety issues, and so far. Uh, we haven't had a, an issue, but we're very careful, and it definitely has uh, reduced our revenue, both in fundraising and in our operations size. But we'll make it through. Unfortunately, I know many businesses, there's some across the street from the club here that have for, for lease signs, and it's so sad to see that. But uh, this area is strong. Our members care about the organization, so we will make it through to the other side, but it's been, it's been a real challenge. So let's talk about the membership and kind of how the order has survived and grown or maybe even a, a little history of, of how things have gone um, in in Oddfellows land the uh, the golden age of fraternalism uh, through into the 50s 60s of the the networking, a lodge that um, was probably happening in, in Victoria. So sort of the spillover of a sort of rotary or really just networking to get those insurance contacts and, and uh, fill out your Rolodex. Those, uh, that era until like 2000, the Oddfellows did a terrible job locally in managing their uh, growth and, and maintaining their membership. Uh, what was uh, the history been like for the order here in Victoria for a period of time, say maybe through that 80s, 90s, and into the 2000s? Well, why don't I, I'll start it and then Lynn can tell us where we're, how we're doing today. Um, yeah, I've, I can speak to, uh, I joined in 83, so I caught what was the almost uh, putting out of the flame of Victoria Eagles. Um, we were doing very well post-war, um, as I'm sure a lot of lodges were doing. Um, I've seen on a document that Victoria had 5,000 members, Victoria area had 5,000 members at one time in the, the late 40s. I can't see how that could have been, but just assuming that's right, maybe a lot of them were just members on paper. And like you said, joined a lot of lodges just to keep the contacts going. But we did very well for many years. We were in a big building on Government Street. And after that, we were in the uh, uh, 751 view, which is now Herman's. Um, so we had a, a good-sized buildings for many years, big dance floors, big lounges. So we had big memberships. 
these went into pretty steep decline. Um, I'm sensing in the 70s. By the time I showed up in the early 80s, we were down to about 300 members. And uh, I remember when I joined, I was a fairly young guy and I joined for the cheap beer and, and we had dances upstairs and stuff. So for me, it was strictly social. And, and later on, I got sort of involved more with the ritual and stuff. But at that time, it was a largely an older membership. And by the late 80s, when we finally left downtown and moved to Esquimalt, um, we were down to about 100 members. Almost everybody was a senior citizen. And we were doing, like you mentioned, a pretty poor job of recruiting and bringing along the next generation. We had a few young guys, but not many. We barely survived because for years, we didn't sign up that many people and people would eventually pass on. And we would have withered away had we not finally in the early 90s uh, uh, recruited uh, members like Len and others that came along and really revitalized this area. Um, and Len can tell you where we are now. Yes. Uh, on the whole, as an organization, for membership, we are definitely on the plus side. Not like other organizations, I say maybe this is the same with the Odd Fellows as with the Masons. It's it's on the well, I know the Masons is on the decline, and we're trying different things to improve our membership. But it's the age of the brothers that keeps it on on the on the low side. Whereas with the Eagles, as of present time, we have 147 members. In, in the area. And we've got eight, nine, 10, somewhere around there, members waiting in the wings to be initiated. When this COVID thing gets over with, we will do that. And a lot of these members are joining for, from my perspective, they want somewhere to go where they can social distance, meet a friend or two at, you know, with our social distance protocols in place and have a beer and have some camaraderie. And that is the reason we, we are seeing uh, an uptake in our membership. And those members are in their 50s, 40s? Uh, we've got some guys that are, it ranges from about, I would say, 35 to 65. What do you think, Ray? Yeah, there are a couple of uh, older, older gentlemen rejoining and stuff, but um, yeah, not younger than 35. I think the average age is 50s, but there are a few young guys, a few older guys. It's just over the map. So it's it's just good to have, you know, new, new people come along. So on the U.S. website, the the U, the uh, uh, do you guys go by FOE or just the fraternal, the order, or how do you guys short, just maybe say the Eagles? Yeah, I say the Eagles. We, okay. um, FOE is one. Um, uh, another funny story, when I first joined in 83, the, the club on View Street was sort of a, a go-to place for gigs and stuff. I didn't even know what the Eagles were, but I was told, let's go down to the Foe. Mm -hmm. They called it the Foe. But uh, it's funny how different names. Generally, we refer to each other as Eagles, Brother Eagles. Um, okay. We don't use the full name unless we're in ritual. So I noticed on their website that there is a, uh, a target of uh, membership that is definitely 
on the um, military and uh, uh, you know the police, the fire paramedics, uh, those types of professionals and professions. Uh, is that something that translates into Canada? Not well. Um, we turned to, we tend, it's, it's definitely a grand area program. And, and just briefly what it is, is if you're a military or a first responder, your first year membership is free. Um, and as a first responder, you're automatically enrolled in our Memorial Foundation, which means if you, you should lose your life on the job, and this is for all members, but it's particularly striking for first responders. If you lose, lose your life on the job, um, uh, the Eagles will, uh, will uh, raise your family and send your kids to university. So it's an insurance program. And they, 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 they adopt that way back in the 40s, initially for people returning from World War II. But it's been successful. Unfortunately, we're, it had to be. Uh, where first responders have passed away and, and the kids are taken care of. Um, in Canada, we haven't been as successful with that. I guess our society is, is different somewhat, but we, we reposition it. We try to get police officers and ambulance people and fire, firemen to join. We've had some success, success with uh, fire, firefighters um, and a few police officers, but not nearly as, as big a thrust is put on that as it is in the United States. Got it. And then there's benefits. I also noticed that on the website, there's quite a long list of corporate partnerships and benefits. Do those translate as well? Some do. Some do. Um, some do. If they are particularly American institutions, some of the rental car stuff translates, some of the hotel stuff. Um, these are all just, you know, premiums that they're, they're trying to throw anything at the wall to attract people. And, and some of it does work. But some of it is very, um, you know, based on U.S. Uh, uh, companies, and so it doesn't apply here. But right. we take what does. Um, so tell us about some events. Let's talk about what has happened, maybe 2019 and past. Some of those uh, things you want to brag about that your uh, area has done. Len, you want to tackle this? Well, before the COVID, uh, we have every Sunday there is a, a jam session and you do not necessarily have to be a member if you want to come in, if you wanted to come in and play a musical instrument, sing a song or, or tell a story. Basically it was an entertainment venue and it was always the last Sunday of the month, most, most of the time. And we, at, at these events, that place would be absolutely packed. People coming in to, to enjoy themselves, enjoy the music with the musicians. And it was just fabulous. But that has gone by the wayside now for the time being. But we have, well, we don't have events now because we're not allowed to have events. But we, Sunday, the darts uh, just being canceled again. But other, other activities we have, uh, used to have breakfasts every second Saturday or Sunday and people would come in and, and pay for their breakfast. Ladies Auxiliary would, would do all the cooking in-house and it was, it was just fabulous and the uh, we would be uh, very active in the in the Esquimalt Santa Claus Parade, the downtown Santa Claus Parade, 
and, and that sort of thing. Right. So has there been uh, a, any annual events uh, prior to COVID that um, that were or organized or maybe not even events, maybe they're just your uh, fundraiser? How do you how do you generate this good that you put into the community? Well, our, our bread and butter for fundraising uh, will be different um, uh, activities, activities that we have on a, uh, an area level or an auxiliary level. This past weekend, despite COVID, uh, the Ladies of Glory went ahead with their bake sale. Now the customers were all members only. We used to open our bake sale up to the community and have people come in and buy stuff. But you know, with the current rules, only members, well, they still made over $1,000 this Saturday and Sunday selling baked goods, which they had made themselves. Um, all this money, went with other funds that the area had raised and we're going to donate $2,500 to needy families in the form of Christmas hampers. And we have a list of, I guess it's about 15 families. Each family gets around $250 depending on the makeup of that family. Um, so we've been fundraising for that since we started our draws again on Sunday and the ladies, like I said, did this bake sale. So that's the kind of th something we'll do. We'll have some sort of event, either selling something or a talent show or something. Uh, we used to put on dances um, and uh, we'll generally do these kind of activities throughout the year. And each activity is different from the others and, and some are very unique and we'll raise money and then we donate it to causes in the community. And we have a long list of charities. Um, you'll see that on the Facebook and the webpage, um, but we have our favorites. Um, we raised money for Esquimalt uh, High School bursaries, uh, Rainbow Kitchen, Victoria Hospice. There's a whole string of organizations that benefit from our fundraising, but it all comes out of activity. So if we have uh, a band come in on a Saturday night, again, pre-COVID, or a music jam, as Len was saying, on a Sunday, we, those music jams went to almost every week. Uh, they were so successful until COVID and other events, and we raise all that money and we give everything away. Um, in fact, I think I'm the treasurer, so I know this, we actually give away about 102% of all the money we raise because we're able to use the lounge to, to pay all the bills. And so all the money we raise through fundraising gets given away to worthy causes. So um, that's the, what we do and the reason we are. Those are great ideas. You guys are so social. I I uh, I want to I want to come to some of your open open door things in uh, 2024, <laughs> 2022. Well, I, I already have your email, Billy, so I'll be inviting you. That's great. Uh, so we have just a few minutes left. So is there anything that we we didn't cover, Len, that uh, we should uh, make sure we point out about uh, the Eagles? I I don't know. The, not really. I think we've covered just about all the main topics. Usually, our, 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 if you want to become a member, you, a lot of people come in while, while we're open and ask, you know, it, what it's all about. We answer and we give them the pamphlet on on Eagles and, and memberships. And they take it from there. And we encourage new members all the time, of course. The thing is... We are there as a charitable organization to give, like Ray said, 102% of all our funds because 
everybody concerned with the building and the, and the organization are volunteers. And we do it for, for the community and for the people that need, need the help. I agree. I think um, uh, if I could add anything, and I'm searching my head here, you know, fraternal organizations, and, and this would be, a, this is an ongoing conversation I have with others in the legions and, and other organizations, even the kinsmen or the Kiwanis. Um, generationally, um, these orders were founded many years ago and were a product of their time. And we've had to adapt the Eagles, and I can speak to our organization really only, we've had to adapt the Eagles to this generation. It's a busy world now. There are so many other things to do in our society. And now this pandemic has proved you don't even have to go outside uh, to be fully engaged in society. And um, so it's tough to get people to join organizations in this era, um, uh, but we adapt and we're trying to find activities uh, whenever I meet somebody, uh, usually a, a member will bring a guest, a guest in, you know, again, pre-COVID, um, and I'll say, hey, what do you, you know, what kind of things do you like? What, what would you like to see? If, if we did this, would you join? You know, I'm always trying to find ways to get people engaged, um, but it's difficult because a lot of people just don't engage in organizations, I guess, like my dad did, and um, so it's a struggle, and I think every uh, benevolent order, um, Fraternal order has this issue, and um, one of my little ideas uh, has been um, we should have a, a little uh, ad hoc committee of like-minded organizations meet every once in a while and troubleshoot, you know, problems that we all have. And, um, and so, you know, perhaps a conversation like this could lead to something like that. But uh, um, you know, we just struggle trying to be relevant in this age and do things that people want to do. And, um, and uh, hopefully we'll be around to, to help people again, you know, 20, 50 years from now. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree 100% that a cross fraternal, you know, at some point with the, you know, utopian vision of a, a cross fraternal conference or discussion uh, I think it would be really great and and to be challenge uh, common, I guess is the way to say it is that we 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 know we have to adapt. Um, the lodges in Victoria are adapting and seem to be doing a very good job pre-COVID um, based on the uh, the growth that they were seeing. Uh, but uh, you know, not long ago the lodges were near dead. And to, to institute a new lodge in Victoria uh, five years ago was a huge thing to do in, in uh, our province. So um, we, 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 we have lessons we can all teach each other. I agree. Very much so. So um, do you guys know much about Oddfellows? It's a, it's a wonderful old building on Douglas Street mm -hmm. with, a, with your symbol on the, on the the top of the second floor. And uh, I was upstairs uh, probably about 20 years ago. And I can't remember what the occasion was, um, but that's all I know. Yeah, that's quite the building. It uh, has been the greatest asset for both recruiting as well as for, um, you know, kind of instilling pride in the, the members that we have uh, and the, the new people who come in. Uh, the, the building hasn't 
the the original hall has been through some refurbishing, but it, it essentially is the same as it was in 1879 when it was uh, first built. And um, and all the the there's lots of photographs on online for what the the ceiling in the room looks like because it is pretty spectacular um, to have a to still have frescoes and things that were done. Um, more than a hundred years ago on the ceiling. Yeah, we lost all that when, when we moved uh, from View Street. We, there are still some Eagle um, designs that are built into the building. So if it ever comes down, we want to retrieve those for sure. That's that's Herman's? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, that's the Herman's building. Yes. Hmm. We'll have to go. Everyone's going to have to go and uh, take a step back from the other side of the street and look up. That's right. So um, just on that, a little bit about the history and so forth. So were the Eagles known for being uh, or notorious, I guess, for being a little on the wild side? In what sense? Oh, just on social. Um, just on the... the yeah, uh, I don't the... think so. I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Um, certainly... Uh, um, I mean, you know, we we were never raided in my in my memory. Um, you know, in the old days, there are eagles in the states that have fond, passionate stories about being busted by the police in the twenties and thirties. But I don't have any stories like that with our with our area. Um, I guess the one thing I had one question left is that um, the women's auxiliary and the area are separate and have separate meetings. Uh, do they? Do you find again? This might be a a city by city, town by town uh, answer that you have to give. But do the two organizations have different missions or are they pretty much lockstep in how they go about it? They just do it in in their own uh, their their own unique or target specific ways. Like the bake sale is something that you mentioned, but what about other types of activities or even the mission itself? Well, the mission is the same. In fact, the way the structure works is the ladies auxiliary is actually an auxiliary to the Fraternal Order of Eagles. So the structure is identical. I don't go to ladies, ladies meetings, nor could I, but if I did, and I've seen their ritual, it's just a feminine version of, uh, with some different terms of the airy ritual. So it is the same, the, the goals are the same, uh, in fact, we share many projects together, but they are autonomous. Um, different towns will do things, again, slightly different. We have a very good relationship with our, our auxiliary, and we will often work together on issues, but they don't have to. They can do their own thing. Um, they share the benefits of the building like we do, and, uh, and, and uh, there certainly are no class distinctions. They have as much rights as anyone else. Um, now, just to give a little twist, because of a court case in the United States 20 years ago, women are now allowed to join the ARI. And um, throughout Eagledom, uh, there are many women that are ARI members. Uh, we have none in Victoria, but Duncan ARI has some women officers, as does Nanaimo, um, some others. So it's... Um, it's, you know, it's, it varies from city to city. We have a very strong auxiliary, so they have no interest in joining the area, but they could if they wanted to. Um, it's just the way the structure works. They can't uh, be a member of both 
they'd have to choose one. Well, that's interesting. And like human rights law in Canada, we couldn't deny them either. So it's just a case where we try to make it as attractive for the, the auxiliary to function and do their own thing, which they want to do. And then, uh, you know, then we each have our own little, our group. Right. And on fellows, the Rebecca is, is uh, very uh, unstable, I think is the best way to put it. Um, on the mainland, they are very strong. Um, on the island, uh, there are, is very few. And in fact, in Victoria, they, they are, we are down to just a, a handful, uh, maybe a few more of a handful of members. Um, and what happened then is uh, their weakening came when Oddfellows did the same thing where you women and men uh, could both have a membership in Oddfellows Lodges. Um, what ended up happening more uniquely, and uh, we've had the guests on the show about this, is that uh, there were a group of young women, young women as in in their 30s and 40s, who were um, looking at joining the Rebecca's. And when they did, when they did uh, join the Rebecca's, they found that the activities weren't in line with kind of the modern world, I guess, is the best way to put it. So they ended up forming the first in North America Oddfellows Lodge that is women only. And so that was an interesting uh, transition for much of the order to see that uh, it made total sense that if you had like-minded people um, and they wanted to get what the mission of the Oddfellows was versus the missions of the Rebecca, then um, you could do this. And so that's what the fastest growing lodge in the province is uh, Bastion 4 here in Victoria. Um, and they've been around for five years and they're now up uh, just over 50 members and they would have had another 10 or so join this coming year. So uh, yeah, so it's, it's growing leaps and bounds by putting the like-mindedness and the mission together. Do they all meet in the same building? Yeah, so we all meet uh, in the same building. There's three lodges plus the Rebecca's. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, so we have Victoria One, which was uh, here in 1864. And then Columbia Two, which is my lodge. We're a men's only lodge. Victoria mm -hmm. One is a co-ed lodge. And then Bastion Four is the women's only lodge. And we do co-op. Uh, similar, like we come together for projects as you, you guys do. And we have, um, I guess you would say there's four in uh, an annual basis. There's four, maybe five uh, signature big events per year. And all of those events are in the hall. And uh, we have one that's a disc golf tournament, which we just did on uh, we did that in September and we raised uh, $30,000 for the Island Crisis Hotline. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so we've really changed how we approach uh, fundraising and it's less about uh, that ticket price and person by person. And we've looked at it and become sort of a, a pathway for corporate sponsorship and corporate mm. donation. Right, right. So with a... Uh, it's a disc golf tournament of half the size that it was the year before we raised more money. Um, so we've just, we've just 
changed how we look at ourselves. Columbia does. Um, that is for sure. At how we um, can put money into the community instead of um, always thinking, oh, well, we got to raise more money than last year. So how do we sell a $65 ticket instead of a $50 ticket? Right, right. Think, think bigger scale than, than just the uh, draws. That's right. Yeah. Um, one thing I can add to the uh, uh, auxiliary airy thing is, like like the Oddfellows, we've struggled with younger women come in the organization and trying to be trying to make it relevant. Um, and that's why some women up island and other areas are joining the area. Uh, and the consequence of that is uh, in BC, I can speak to that we've lost, I guess, four auxiliaries in recent years as uh, not so much that women quit an auxiliary and join an area, but of course, an area and auxiliary has to constantly feed itself. So as members join, uh, women are choosing to join an area instead of an auxiliary. And if, if that speeds up, I can foresee a day when maybe they'll just be Aries. Not immediately. It might take 20 years, but I could see that. Um, so and in the end, I guess we'll just be one big uh, airy, but right now uh, the auxiliaries and some auxiliaries are very successful, but some, as you've mentioned, examples of you know not being received well, so they go off and do their own thing, and that's certainly the truth in some Eagles clubs as well. I know you need to uh, get to your next appointment, Ray. So before we yes. uh, close off, why don't we uh, give you guys the chance to give us a, a uh, elevator pitch or a plug for the Eagles? For the listeners who are just learning about the FOE at their first time today. Okay, go, Len. Okay. The Eagles, FOE Eagles, is a great organization to contribute to charities, to be involved with the community, and to have a friendship, a very friendly relations with, with other members of the fraternity and other members of the community. For me, it's a very fulfilling thing to be a member of this organization, not only for the, the charity aspects, but also for the, the club aspect. And, and especially like the, the, the maintenance and, and, and stuff, helping the, helping the organization and the club stay relevant to what it is today. I agree. And uh, I mean, my reasons for being a member have changed over the years, but I always come back to the point of uh, my friends are here. Uh, we work on projects together and I share the, the ideology. So it's just something I keep returning to. And, uh, and quite frankly, uh, I don't have time for much else that because nothing else really interests me that the Eagles is, isn't doing. So I think it's just a valuable place to be involved with and we have fun. So, and, and, I, and I can get a, a cheap glass of beer. That doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Thanks very much, Len and Ray. So everybody check out the Facebook page for Eagles Club number 12, Esquimalt. I think that's the page is the yeah, best it's just, way to find. It's just Eagles Club 12. Okay, there you go. And uh, there's a .com. And uh, I really enjoyed learning about the Eagles today. Thank you very much. It's great to know that fraternities in the city are still doing well. And uh 
we continue to support each other. So keep me on your uh, next mailing list, please. Thank you very much for the opportunity to give an insight on what the Eagles is all about, Billy. Great. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.